Music, news, entertainment, it's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week we chat with soul R&B recording artist Aaron Stevenson, who has had an amazing career as a backup vocalist for A-list artists like John Legend, Nicki Minaj, Justin Timberlake, Camila Cabello, and Janet Jackson. Aaron is focusing on her solo career right now, which includes a song that is climbing the charts, her version of Luther Vandross's Never Too Much. We also welcome our music editor, Sharon Hyland, talking about what it's like being in a pop group, whether that happens to be a girl group or a boy band, and the excitement and challenges group members face the kelly alexander show very excited to welcome back to the kelly alexander show soul recording artist r&b artist well she does it all really erin stevenson erin how are you hey kelly i'm happy now that i'm talking to you and looking at your face this time I appreciate it so, so much. We have so much to talk about. First of all, uh, we've got new music to get to in just a sec. But for people who might not uh, you know, know who you are exactly, I wanted to bring you back to the beginning. So uh, how did your career in music start? Like, How did you know this was for you? Oh, well... <laughs> Well, let's talk, as you know, we could talk. So uh, in short, because I know we've got plenty to touch on, um, started out as a little girl, being a clown at a family reunion. My uncle, who, whose feet I was afraid of, made me sing something for real. It was Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love of All, and from that very moment, I knew I was going to sing for the rest of my life. Uh, here we are decades later, and I do mean decades because I'm 25. Decades later, <laughs> I'm singing full-time and have been for about the past 20 years of my life and um, background singer for one of your faves and everybody favorites, Janet, and Pharrell Williams, Duran Duran, Camila Cabello. You know, I got to name the new artist too because I'm 25. Charlie <laughs> Tooth and Camila Cabello, Rihanna and all those. So all across the gamut, life's been kind and God's been good. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about what your first big break was. Like, how did you land? Like, who was your first big break in the, in the music industry? I was doing a lot of work in Houston, like, you know, restaurants, bars, divorce parties, bar mitzvahs, you name it, girl, I was doing them. So when people would come to the city and they needed um, background singers, I would either get a chance to open or sing for them. But the big, big break didn't like to that next level didn't take place until I was here in LA taking on some meetings for Aaron, the artist and uh, Lil John Roberts, the drummer who Janet's you know, one of her past drummers, uh, and a drummer to the stars. I was just there being me, friendly me, and he said, hey, Aaron, uh, what is your name and what do you do? I was like, hey, I'm Aaron, I'm a singer. That was it. He didn't try to hit on me, he didn't ask me for my phone number or nothing. Um, but I was kind, because that's just me anyway. Like, hey! Anywho, <laughs> so he sends a message to a dear friend of mine um, on, on, their, on their old MySpace page. And he says, if you know the cute, I was... I was red then too. <laughs> I had a red mohawk, that, like I'm mean, like a, a real mohawk. And he said, um, "If you know the cute redhead girl with the mohawk, give her my phone number and, and ask her to call me." So he did. I, I called. He was like, "Hey, would you like to sing for Janet?" And I was like, "Sure." No, yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. So I flew out um, to audition. He kept his word. So even to this day, I call Lil John one of my one of my angels because um, I believe in angels. And uh, because he had never heard me sing, he didn't wow. hear me sing. Okay. I should I should duly note that he did not hear me sing. But thankfully and luckily, I did not tarnish his reputation. So I went out and auditioned, and uh, didn't get to come back home. And ever since then, it's just been on that level, you know, just wow. trusting the process and not being afraid, you know, of going for it. 
What, what year was that? What year did John bring you to Janet? That was maybe around 2000, like, uh, 2005, okay. 2006, 2004, somewhere in there. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So now. Don't be trying uh, to calculate my age, people not. <laughs> We're not doing that. We're not calculating mine either. That's good. I don't, I don't mind though. I'm, I'm really enjoying getting old. I'm joking, but I'm loving getting older. So good for you. Well, first of all, you look like you're 19. So it's, it's all good. It's all good. (laughs) I have to ask you, um, when you auditioned for Janet, did like, did you audition straight for her right away? Like, how did that work? Well, I flew in and, uh, Jill's a day and a guy, my Jill and another guy, his name was Tim. They had already been chosen. Okay. And apparently there was another singer and something happened. And little John threw in the magic name, Aaron, and said, get here. I said, okay. So I flew in. And that night uh, I went over my parts because I didn't know which part I was going to have to sing. So I had to go um, and, and to make sure the blend was cool. So And there were other singers there. Um, so I went through with them and for about a good 10, 10 minutes. Went back to my room. The next day was audition day. That first thing that morning, and she walks in the room and was super cute with her curly ponytail and sweatpants and sweatshirt. I was like, "Hi!" But she was cool, Gil. They were all were loving. All right, now sing. So we sung, and I left the room. That was it. And as soon as I got back to my brother's house, because he lived in Atlanta at the time, uh, the phone rang and said, "So, are you ready to come to rehearsal?" I called my mama and I was like, mama, I need you to send me a box because I ain't coming home. <laughs> I got to go to rehearsal and ain't nobody got time for, well, let me go home or let me go to Walmart and get some underwear. Nope, mama, do what you can. I'll let you when I can. Okay, I got to go to work. But that's how, and it's been, you know, even to this day, like I just finished, not just finished, but you know, last year did the metamorphosis. So it's been a beautiful ride with her. That's awesome. Now, I wanted to ask because I'm actually currently reading Mariah Carey's new memoir, uh, The Meaning of Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. I knew she'd been a background vocalist before her career kicked off, but it was always sort of just like, oh, she sang back at rounds for Brenda K. Starr, but they didn't really delve into what was going on. But reading her book, it's so interesting to see what her life was like being a background singer before things took off for her. And Mm -hmm. it seems like it's really a close-knit community. I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. is that the same for you in LA? Like, she was obviously part of the New York scene back in the early 90s. But do you all kind of know each other and know how to get in touch with each other? And how does that work for you to then go to Justin Timberlake or go to, you know, John Legend? Yeah, it's, um, it is a, it's still a tight knit community. Um, we all know, love, like, and, you know, once you eat each other, we see each other. It's because once you're in the, in the, the thing is, that's why I tell people, people think it's so, I mean, I should preface what I'm about to say by saying this first talent get you there but character personality work ethic and all those things are what keep you there so i was and i had to make sure i said that before i said what i'm about to say next which is once you get in there and you know get in the game and you hold it down you know as as with all things you just got to take that leap of faith and get in the game put yourself in the game so we all know each other we also communicate online, you know, happy birthday, Merry Christmas, first children, aunties and uncles all over the world, you know? So I know it's still a tight knit community. It really, even with the musicians, I mean, shoot, even on the record that we're going to talk about later, some of them playing on the record, you know? So, because it's at the end of the day, it's about the music at the end of the day. So yeah, but That's I awesome. personally have a good rapport with a lot of people, so Thankfully, because I can make those kind of, hey, I'm just now. You know, I'm changing artists. <laughs> That's <laughs> so awesome. 
Yeah. Well, you have such a great vibe. I'm sure anyone would want to have you on their tour or in Vegas with them, with you. So it's all good. So now let's talk about um, your singing career yourself. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll take you back a little bit to the beginning of this year where uh, things tanked pretty early in, in March for all of us. And uh-huh. What did that mean for Aaron, the a vocalist, and like, and then how, and for your own singing career, like, how did you pivot? Oh well, shoot, girl, I had an entire EP of original songs ready to go. However, and that was that was the first single was planned to come out in like the very top of March, or the late latter part of February. However, I was working on a cruise ship before the whole world knew about the pandemic, and I was singing on the cruise uh, not singing on cruise ships and we were doing a show on cruise ships and all of a sudden um they just started coming out with hand sanitizer everywhere nobody really knew why but the news was this is possibly going to be it for a a, a couple of months was like oh okay so i kind of had to make a mental shift before even the world knew what was going on um so for me and once again we'll get to that with the new single and everything because it was a planning process Again, no one has time for excuses. You just got to figure out how to stay in the game or, or how to move forward. As I like to say, keep the lights on. Yeah. So I started doing live streaming concerts, which was cool because this pandemic has been a blessing in disguise for me. Because here we go to answer your question. Um, coming from that background artist to being the artist, like the, all the weight is on you. You got to carry it yourself. If nobody else is there and it's just you and a track, what you gonna do? You gotta hold it down, you gotta entertain, you gotta be sincere, you gotta hit the right notes, you gotta all these things, and it's like all eyes on you. So I, I have a real shy nature, as much as I like to talk, <laughs> but I also have a bold side too. But so this pandemic forced me to have to rethink my norm. Um, the touring had stopped, the shows were done, and I had a whole bunch of festivals and stuff lined up for this year, which would have possibly even catapulted my own career to another level. Um, done. Mm. Until next year, prayerfully, the world catches back up again. So I started doing live streams, but it forced me to have to, like I'm talking to you right now, to get get outside of myself and get on this camera and sing. And I would dress up. I did 70s concerts. I put on my Afro, and, you know, and had my sparkly dress. And we had the disco lights. So we made make fun out of it. Um, and you know, of course, it's with a lot of other artists, cash app, Venmo, whatever you want to donate to the cause. Thank you. Keep the lights on good vibes only. So, but after that, it kind of took its toll because everybody was doing it. And then even for me, I got burnt out, but I needed it because it started bringing me out of my comfort zone even more. Um, like I said, pandemic blessing in disguise. Um, so once that kind of, I got burnt out on it, I was like, okay, I got to take a break. My voice needs a break. Cause it was a full production girl in the living room. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I mean, in the living room. So I said, well, Aaron, and I believe everyone, uh, can attest to this. We've all just had to figure out how to roll with the punches. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you, you find out how strong you really are. You find out some strengths that you may not have known that you had or, you know, anywho. So for me, I said, I'm an independent artist. I'm not signed yet. So I had to figure out a way to keep myself in the game, but still not lose the vision of Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. With Don't lose focus. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. How do you still keep people to know that there's a song in your heart as Aaron C. was in the artist? So the vision was hold off on your original stuff until next year because it takes money to promote yourself. I ain't got no job. So... 
let's do a cover, an album of cover songs um, of your favorite love songs, because I'm all about love, but do them how Aaron would do them. And so that's where I'm at now, because we're still in this pandemic. Yeah. But so far, so good. It's been a blessing to me just trying to focus on the positive and, awesome. and figure out how we can manipulate the positive things and not the negative things, because there there's a list of negative things that I possibly could be focusing on due to this pandemic and COVID stuff. But but I can't. And I know you, I know a lot of people can attest to that. Focus on the positive and manipulate anything that's on the positive list, list to make it work for you. And now, you move how, forward. Now, how did you decide? So I know right now, Never Too Much is, is the cover that's out right now. It's climbing the charts. How mm-hmm. did you decide to cover Luther's song? Like, that's amazing. Girl, so everyone, I have even talked to program directors at, you know, radio stations and stuff. When they saw it come across their desk, they were like, oh, no, I, I'm not even going to. Not even. However, the few that took a chance, it was like, okay, let's hit the play button because it's it's Luther. You don't mess with Luther. You don't even attempt Luther. But again, this is shy but bold Aaron. Yeah. So it's a song that I love. Luther is one of my absolute favorite singers. And um, I would do it live. Like when I would, you know, do my own shows at certain restaurants or parties and stuff, I would always do it live. And it just felt so good. And uh, one time it just kept going and going and the people kept dancing and dancing. And it was, so what, in a nutshell, what you hear on the record is exactly the transitions and everything. That's something that developed live on stage because it felt so good. And when it came time to, to choose a song, I said, we got to start right here, Aaron, because I have to put this on record. If it felt that good live, it's got to feel this good coming through somebody's speakers. So um, and they can feel that. So that's why I started with, well, yeah, I could say I started with that. There was one before that, mm-hmm. but once the concept developed in my brain, I said, nah, we got to start out the gate with this one. Cause this is going to set the tone for everything else that's coming on the EP. So it feels good and, and it's daring and I like daring. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the EP is called Cover Girl, and it's your version or your way that Aaron Stevenson would cover other songs. Can you give us a hint as to some of the songs that that are going to be on there? Can you tell us maybe one more? Ooh, I can tell you some of the artists. Okay. Because you you will not guess which songs they're going to be, because they're not like, I did a Shaka Khan one, but it's not Sweet Thing, and it's not Ain't Nobody. You know, the popular, nope, nope, nope. I did, uh, and like I said, some bold moves. Who? Shaka Khan. Yep, we went for it. Uh, Kenny Loggins. You know, amazing. He's he's one of my favorite singers too. Cool. Um, like I'm covering a Kenny Loggins song. Tina Marie. Very nice. Love that lady. Mm-hmm. Who oh, else? Man. Sade. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Good for okay, you. That's okay. <laughs> Good for you, especially because Sade doesn't come out with anything except for like 10 years apart. So everyone's going to yeah. love that you've done something because we're... My we're somebody. Waiting. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So now um, I wanted to ask you too, because I interview a lot of, of, of indie artists that are doing things on themselves. And so not only are you the artist, but you're also the businesswoman and CEO and probably, you know, carrying your own bags and the list goes on and on and on. So... How does it feel like, in a way, I know it's good because I, a lot of people don't want to be um, with a major Control. label because there's lots of things, that baggage that comes along with that. But then there's also everything is on your plate if you're indie. So how are you feeling about having to do, like, to be businesswoman and artist at the same time? Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a lot. 
it, like I like I, I told you as soon as we got on, as soon as we're done with this interview, this is my last interview for today. I'm putting my sweatpants on and my sweatshirt. I'm gonna take this red lipstick off and I'm gonna go I'm gonna wash some dishes and I'm gonna sit my butt down and watch a cheesy holiday movie because I deserve it. No <laughs> and I want to. Why? Because of everything that you said. I mean, you know, it but it takes work and it, it takes a lot of work. I mean my husband and I be joking, like, you're the county sheriff, the DEA, the prosecutor, the police officer who arrested you, you know, like those old country movies. That's what myself, and I have a team now. Okay. I, luckily now I have some people around me who see the vision. They're very small. It's only, what, five of us? No, six of us. It's only six of us. And I'm happy about that. Now the pros, I mean, not, so I, now it's, but it's gotten to this. And this is why I, I encourage people you know, it's going to be tiresome, but you got to give it all you got because the steps to this and it's levels to this. And I, I didn't have this team about two years ago. I didn't. Now I do. Um, so it's still a lot of work, no doubt, because I'm going to get to the machine that you were talking about. But now I have people who I can get these things out of my head and say, if you can help with this, do this. And if not, I still got to do it. And me being the kind of person I am, because now I'm kind of wired this way. I'll get it done. I will, I will edit my own video. I will, and you got to learn these things. I will edit my own video. I will, I will research how to properly promote myself on social media. I will shoot my own video if I got to, you know, I'll be above. How do I get these blog sites to pay attention? Emailing them myself, like I'll et, record myself here in the studio, focus, produce myself in the studio. You just got to do it. And, um, and I, and I always say, prayerfully, just like I give, I'm talking to you, every day is one step closer to, to getting into, in front of somebody like you. You just can't quit. You just got to keep going. Now, the thing with the machine is, because I am a creative, I'm a visionary, I'm an artist, I, my hands and my, um, and my brain and my eyes are literally in everything that I want to represent my brand. So for me, being with a major label, they would really have to come correct because I don't know how to, um, and I tried it before. I tried it. I should, I should note that. I tried that before um, when people wanted me to sexy myself up a little bit more with some chains and whips and a cat suit that was a leopard print. And, uh, you know, and don't nobody want to, and you'd be crazy. I mean, you'd be surprised. Don't nobody want to hear you sing that. We, we need this song. I have a song out called Sweat. Not that I want anybody to go listen to it, but it'd be jamming. But it's not who I am as a singer or an artist. It's like, sweat, make it happen me. I wanna see you sweat for me. Go to bed, down on it, beat on it, sweat for me. But in the video, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I tried it. It was an epic fail because it was me. And I looked like I was trying to be sexy, crawling with this whipping chain. I mean, I'm crazy, but you know, <laughs> when I wanna be crazy, not because you're making me be crazy. So that's the part right there where being with a major label or uh, working with people who have this vision for you and um, where you just lose a lot of your artistry and your creativity and you become controlled a little bit. So I think for me, the way that this is working out beneficial for me is because I still have control over my branding and my image and the songs that I want to sing. And, um, you know, if, the, if one comes along, with the budget, because that's where that's the only benefit. They got a budget and a Rolodex. Yep. So if, some, if one comes along with a budget and a Rolodex that just says, hey, Aaron, we like you as you are. We got this and this. Then I'm going to say, okay, thank you. DEA, County Sheriff, you all can go home now. <laughs> 
<laughs> but until then, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep grinding it out. And but that's what the grind is for. It works for your benefit. No matter how tiresome it is, it works for your benefits. So you can be able to say that one day, you know, if and when and maybe a, a major label comes along. So just looking at the end goal, but focusing mm-hmm. on the right now. So I'm, I'm cool being indie. Now, when you're working with a Janet or a Justin or a Duran Duran or a Camila, you're obviously seeing their juggernaut behind them that helps move <laughs> them along. I'm sure you've learned a lot by being in those environments. Absolutely. Because it, it it's a massive machine. Uh, when I say a machine, it's like chicka chicken. And everybody <laughs> know what they got to do. Chicka 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 chicka. And it's about, I don't know, about 100 people doing what six of us are doing right now. So, and, and, and I'm not exaggerating. So it's, um, like if anyone is, has been in any position to be a background singer or, you know, part of the crew or a dancer who wants to be a singer, anything, I encourage anybody to stay a student. When you're in those situations, take advantage of what you're, of what you're looking at. Don't just look at it, like soak it up, ask questions, ask reasons why and why not. Because if this is, like for me, someone where I know where I want to be and where I see myself, there's no better pick. Learn from it. Learn from it and put yourself in the middle of it in the, so that when you come back to you, you can apply those things to you. So, yeah, it's, it's, and, and not to take anything away from them because they work hard, too. That machine with those, the bigger you get, what would they say, more money, more problems? Yeah. The bigger you get the more the machine really got to work to keep you there, you know, or, or to take you to another level. So it's, once again, it's levels to this. And that's not to diminish anybody's work, even people who got the machine. It's just a different set of problems. Now, I saw a tweet on your website uh, that you posted um, in the section about you from Janet when, she, when you put out your, your album Naked, and she yeah. put that out. She tweeted out for you. And so what does that mean to have a support from, like, a Janet? And, like, have you ever had a chance to sit and talk with her and ask her advice about your career? But when she did it, um, like, now that, you know, the world is in the place that it's in, she's doing it a whole lot more. Um, you know, on her on her pages, she's supporting a lot of, or you know, just reposting people's things and such. But when she did it for me, this was in, I think, 2018, somewhere. I don't remember, but she did it. And um, and when she did it, it was like, and I have a lot of her fans now. You know, even even prior, you know, for someone who come to the show and seen and that I've met, but even by her doing that tweet, it opened up some more eyes and ears to pay attention to me. And I'm thankful for that. I've never had the chance, or should I say, I never took the chance. Let me say that. I never took the chance to ask her for her. Am I still there? There you are. My, yep. Okay. My, um, my screen left for a second. And uh, I never took the chance to ask her, her advice or even for her help that matter. Um, uh, she knew I had the record. We talked about that. And uh, she has called and offered her opinion um, after we talked about the record. I sent her some songs and she did offer her opinion about uh, several of the songs. Like, if you take that out, get rid of that, add this. And then, you know, then you have a song. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I did it. And y'all still have not heard that, that one that she really was going in on. You still haven't heard it yet, but I guarantee you will. I guarantee you will. I'm just waiting for the right moment for it to come out. Um, but for me, 
You know, I'm still there to do a job. Timing is everything. And for me, it's almost like what people say about God. Like, if God don't do nothing else for me, he's already done enough. You know, so for me, in that regard with her doing that, putting that tweet out uh, uh, on social media for me, I couldn't ask for anything more because she didn't have to do that. And we were on tour. We were on tour when she did that? Yeah. She, she didn't have to do that. We were going home. So she did it when we got home. But okay. She didn't have to do that, but that that was a blessing, an absolute blessing. And uh, people, st- I still get people who retweet that to this day and who follow me or say, Janet, let me here. That's cool. That's priceless. You can't pay for that. That's priceless. And yeah. I think it's amazing. Like, I know it for a while, Janet talked about having like a record label. And I, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's just sort of on the side for her right now, but how would she be as a label boss? Like, would you like to be on her label? Oh, oh, you better ask some good questions, Kelly. Ah, thank you for this. Good questions. So I don't know if her label is still active. I can't confirm that, but I do know that, that there was talk. And, and at one point she definitely had a label. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody who knows what to do, it would be her. And if there's anybody who knows how to tell you that to steer you in the right direction, it would be her, you know? She knows what, well, I said, what to do, what not to do, how long to do it. You better not do this. Okay, now go this direction. I mean, she's an icon. She's a legend. So to be under her direction would, I don't, I don't see how anybody could go wrong. And I do mean anybody. You, like we talked about before, you've worked with so many different artists uh, that we've just named before. And I wanted to ask you, why do you think it is that Janet, above all, is so relatable to so many different groups of people? Like she obviously has... Um, the African-American community that love her. Then there's white girl from Canada who loves her, you know, and then she has uh, her LGBTQ fans. She has uh-huh. like, like straight white guys that love her. Like, yeah. I think it is about Janet that just crosses all the boundaries and, and for decades. Because her music does. Um, and that's literally, it, that's where it starts. It starts with the music. And because she didn't allow, back to this machine, them uh, control, she didn't allow them to put her in this box. So her music can speak to so many people. Um, and that's one thing, like, I put her on my list of favorite artists. Um, and I, it's going to answer your question. Like, for me, Tina Turner's are the Janet Jacksons of the world, or, um, you know, just those singers who, you can't call them rock, although we have Black Cat. We got uh, Simply Hovind, so I'm just going to use these two. Yet they have smooth R&B jazz, like a moth to a flame. It feels... It's like all across the gambit. Tina Turner, we can say the same thing. And those are the kind of singers that when you look out in the audience, it's a rainbow. It's the world. And I think that's what music is supposed to do. And that's why I say it starts with the music and, um, and, and not allowing the machine or people to control your vision of your art. Um, and then two, number two, she's a real person. Like who, who you see, and I think I've said this before, who you see is who she is. Like it, that's, that's not um, an act that someone has put together for her to portray to the real. Uh, no, that's it's her. That's Miss Jan. And I think that's why you actually feel her art. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Now, yes. um, when the Cover Girl album comes out for you, the EP, uh, mm-hmm. what's what's happening after that? Like, are we going back to originals next year? Like, what's the plan? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, but but since this single is doing so well, like I, I have a meeting 
later tonight after my holiday movie. I have a meeting later to my cheesy. I already know how the ending is going to be holiday movie. I uh, have a meeting to see how we're going to proceed with this single because it's doing so well. Like, and, and not to say we didn't foresee it doing well. I mean, I didn't do it because I didn't want it to do well. I wanted to do amazing, but it's doing so great that we're going to see how long we want, want this to go. Um, before we release another single from the actual EP. Um, Cause in my mind, it was going to be three singles, release the EP. Okay. And now we go full throttle with the original stuff, mm-hmm. but the response has been so well, but the, uh, the next original EP is ready to go. Now it's all a matter of timing because this one's doing so good. Okay. So y'all, you're going to be getting a lot of music from Aaron Stevenson. <laughs> Uh, like now, after never too much, uh, we we lined up. We're ready to go. I'm kind of I'm over it. Like I said, full throttle. I, it's now or never for me, and it's um, and I it, it's taken a long time for me to say and and not feel bad about saying I'm focusing on me, and not feel bad about saying that. Don't 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 say nothing if you see me at 2021 because something happened and I got to take a job. Don't you say nothing. I don't want no, I want no back top. Keep the lights on. But <laughs> my focus is is on me, and I'm gonna get one thousand percent to whatever guy throwing my way. I'm gonna get one thousand percent. But my focus is is because it's, it's it was my original plan, anyways. And I say my plan because the way that my life turned out, I had nothing to do with. But I'm so thankful um, because once again, you and I wouldn't be talking if it wasn't for it. Exactly. And I'm super happy to be speaking to you. So there you go. Yeah, there we go. Now, before I let you go, I want people to get to know Aaron Stevenson a little bit better. So I have some fast fact questions for you. Breaking it down with Aaron. We good? Okay. (laughs) So what's your favorite cheat meal? French fries. Oh, I love it. Like from like McDonald's or it doesn't matter. You know, I, oh, I don't care, girl. I'm going to get a potato from this corner stove. I, French fries are the dead. Like, when I used to, my mom would give me shots, you know, to get your shots and stuff. If you, if you don't cry, you can go get you some French fries. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So that's my thing. Even Greg, like, people know, if, if you make me mad, just bring us some fries. She'll be all right. <laughs> Fatty, me, French fries. Oh, my God. Okay. I even quit dating a guy once because... <laughs> He he took me out on a date and he was like, so what's your favorite cuisine? I said, "Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) this would be the first and the last because he's not a French fry kind of guy. No. (laughs) Oh my God. That's that's the best answer I've ever got to this question. (laughs) This is amazing. Now, um, is there a song on the radio, whether it's top 40 or R and B last six months to a year, Mm-hmm. you wish you had written or you wish that that was your song that you were like performing it. it Ooh, yes. You want to know? I do. Do a leaper. Which don't one? Don't come out. Nice. Don't start caring about me now. Ooh, walk away. <laughs> you know how. No. <laughs> don't That's start amazing. Ooh, I love yeah. that you love her. Have you worked with her yet? Are you? No. Wait, yeah. I was like, wait, before I say that. No, I haven't worked with her. Girl, I'll be forgetting. I'll be forgetting. I'm so serious. There are names that I've never named. I was talking about, you know, I've been doing all these interviews. And I've been like, oh, well, yeah, have I known? I never named Alicia Keys. I never named her. I mean, it's just, na- I, once again, this is all a blessing, though. Just, yeah. So, 
Yeah, but no, not Dua Lipa. But okay. I like I like her tone. Yeah, she's and cool. Her, and her delivery. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. She's cool. Now, um, if you could have dinner with three other artists, who would they be and why? Do they have dead or alive? Whatever you want. Okay, Michael Jackson. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. Well, that's my real husband. Okay. You know, everybody knows that he's just waiting for me in heaven. <laughs> you know, but I'm not ready to go there yet. Although he knows I'm going to come, so he's waiting for me. <laughs> Okay, so Michael Jackson. I would love to have dinner with Michael Jackson. Dinner, oh, Tina Turner. Yep. I would love to have dinner with Tina Turner. And uh, who would I add ultimately to that list of a good dinner? Hmm. Nope. Mm -mm. Uh, this is a good question. Because <laughs> now I got to really make sure I make this third guest like worthy to sit at the table with Tina and Michael. Hmm. And and of course, Dana. But I've I've ha I've had dinner with her. So I can't count. I can't count her. Uh, It'd be like Steven Tyler. Oh, cool! That would be Steven Tyler. I would love I to see that dinner. Dinner. I can't even say table. Dinner. Tyler. Dinner. Table. Yes, Steven Tyler. All right, I, I like that. My dinner table. I like that. So Aaron Stevenson, Tina Turner, Michael Jackson, Steven Tyler. Yeah, I need some wisdom, girl. I just need them to pull all their wisdom on me. I don't need none of this new stuff. Give me some of this wisdom that you got. Oh, my God. That's yeah. awesome. Now, for your Janet fans that love you, I have to ask this question. What is your favorite Janet song to sing when you're on stage performing with her? The first, I'm just going to say the ones, the first two that come to mind, because once again, friends who know me know that I've been a Janet Jackson fan since I was born. <laughs> And it was so um, surreal to some people when they found out that I was singing for her. Because, you know, growing up, I knew all the dance moves, I knew all the songs and such. And as life would have it, you know, years later, like I didn't know him already. Okay. So immediately, without having to process my brain, because that would take a whole hour, because like, I could break down every song as a fan, not a singer, but as a fan. To the reasons why I love certain songs. Yeah. But if it's the first one that comes to mind, oh, I wish I sang that song. If, or, or I just could have been the music video. It's okay. Uh, if comes to mind, and uh, um, uh, uh, not, not control, it's the big not nasty. Um, I, I, it's gonna come to me. Because this, this is an important question. Because I, 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 I mean, I want to mean what I tell you. I like nasty too. Okay. Nasty, nasty does it for me. Okay. That breakdown gets me every time. Um, and there's one more. Why can't my brain think? I know I'm taking up time. I got a okay. case. And it's not when I think of you. Uh, Pleasure principle? No. Yeah, I love that. They said it wouldn't last. Oh, very good. Love will never do. Love will never do. Oh. Now, say, it's not about the bass to me. It's funky. I like it. It's but yeah. Cool. I but like I could that. go down the list of songs that I actually, you know, 
fangirl out. Not like I'm a professional. <laughs> now, uh, last question. Coolest person in your phone, apart from your family and friends, that you could call or text right now? Like, who could you? Simon the Buck. Oh, my God. Woo! That's amazing. <laughs> I love him. Is he cool? Like, for people that don't know, is he cool? He's massively cool. Um, okay. All of them, all of them from Duran Duran, JT, Nick, Roger, they're all, they're so settled into their superstardom, like, to me, I consider them living legends as well. And <laughs> next to Rolling Stones, who will be torn to the, to the day they decide not to. But they're so settled. They have, I mean, and real sweethearts. And I've, I've been, I've toured and worked with them now for about four years now. It's been about four years, right? Time flying by. And I can honestly say since day one, they've taken such good care of me. I love the way they take care of their people, meaning their team and the band and the crew. It's a very family oriented. Everybody's cool. There's no egos. They come in like, all right, what are we doing today? <laughs> and I love it. You know, oh, shoot, show up, do your job. Champagne? Okay, <laughs> cool. Let's fly. Next city. All right. But they're all so cool. I, okay. I, I can honestly say I love them. They're great. Okay, Absolutely. cool. And I know I said last question, but I do have one more. And I know, yeah, you're you're <laughs> I know you're focusing on your career, which is what I want you to do and all your fans want you to do. But here's a big, tough question for you. Go for it. Who would, like, obviously, because if you're focused on your career, you're going to be focused on your career. But which one of these big artists that you've worked with, if they come calling, will you say, okay, I'll take three months and I'll go help them? Is you any crazy. of them? You asked us some tough questions! That's a good thing. I like it. Thank you. Um, cause yeah, mm -hmm. I like it. Thank you. So, and I'm going to answer. Okay. Immediately, of course, Janet. Okay. And I'll say Duran Duran. Okay. Perfect. Those two. So if they come calling, you'll say, okay, I'll press pause for a minute. I'll go do this. I'll come back. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, and there's some others I may could name, but I'm not because I'm going to put a question mark behind them. But those okay. two are question marks. Okay. Now, uh, what message do you have from your fans before I let you go? What do you want them to know about Aaron Stevenson? And new fans, because you're going to get new fans who watch my show. You're right. Y'all better watch <laughs> this interview. <No? laughs> and keep supporting Kelly Alexander over here. Look at my eyes. Support Kelly Alexander over here, okay? No. <laughs> um, I just want them to know that... Um, I am a real person. Anything that you hear from me as an artist is from my heart and my life's experiences. It's nothing conceptualized in my brain. And that I really love what I do. I really genuinely love what I do. And uh, those who really know me knows th that I've quit some pretty prominent jobs to give my heart and soul to people who just want to be uplifted, you know. And that's what I pray that my music does, uplifts people and gives them some hope or lets them know that they're not alone or they're not the only ones who's been through something. And, um, and I just really want to sing. I love singing and I love performing and giving my energy. And when we look out and see people smiling and they forget for a second about all of their problems, like that's what music and, and performing really should be about. It's, it's a really selfless thing. Uh, and, I, and I say this for anyone who's watching, and not even just about me, but for any performer that you love, it's a selfless thing to, to I, I mean, I've been on stage before where I know someone just died in my family or, 
you know, I just had a heartbreak myself or some, even your favorite artist who just got blasted across some media page that was a lie. That stuff really hurts. But yet every night they walk out on stage or I walked out on stage because we talk about me, but I'm making this about an artist, period. And give of themselves their heart and their soul, their energy, their bodies, their time, just to make sure that you walk away feeling hopeful. So if anyone who really knows me, I pray they know that what I'm saying is true about me. And I really hope for anyone that comes along, that's how my music makes them feel. Erin, I love you. Thank you for this. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> Perfect. So this is Erin Stevenson. You make sure that you follow her. Uh, hit up her website, erinstevensonmusic.com, and grab all of her social media handles. The Kelly Alexander Show. Joining us on The Kelly Alexander Show, as per usual, our music editor, Sharon Hyland. Hello, Sharon. Hey, Kel. How are you? Fantastic. And so big discussion today is that, uh, you know, recent news is that Jesse Nelson, who has been uh, a member of the British girl group Little Mix since its inception back in 2011 when they were uh, formed on the X Factor, uh, decided to now leave the group. And I should preface this by saying that a little while, or I should, or prior to this news, she had put out a statement saying um, that she was going on an extended break for like personal reasons. And then now we get the news that she has decided to fully leave the group. And she made you know, a really beautiful statement on her social media, you know, thanking her bandmates and fans and saying that she really uh, needs time now to take care of herself, that she finds the expectations um, and the pressures of being in a girl group have finally sort of taken their toll on her. And I should also mention that uh, I think it was about a year ago, she was actually featured in a, uh, I think it was a BBC Three documentary talking about her mental health uh, struggles or challenges, however you want to phrase it. So um, I guess I'll start with like girl groups in general, like they were put together on X Factor. And we know a lot of girl groups like Fifth Harmony, who are also, I would say, broken up at the moment, although I think the official term is hiatus for now. Um, <laughs> and then we've had Destiny's Child and, you know, uh, a bunch of other girl groups throughout history. And obviously, we, we can talk about boy bands as well, um, ones who are no longer together, like NSYNC, for example. But what's your thoughts on on these types of groups, especially, I guess, I think a lot of them are, are uh, especially lately in recent years, have been put together, like a One Direction, like a little mix. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts on longevity for these types of groups? Well, I think um, she's coming up, or this group is coming up on, uh, next year would be their 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yep. And when you think of the shelf life of a pop band, and I'm air quotes, I'm not sure if you can tell by my tone, um, but when you think of a shelf life of a pop band, um, it's about 10 years is a good run. So almost 10 years is a really good run. I think that when you have, when you factor in the uh, assembly of groups like this, it's a crapshoot, you mm -hmm. know, because these aren't like, we're going to pick that group of friends and make them stars. We're going to pick one from there, one from there, one from the end. We're picking because they auditioned. They may not probably didn't know each other ahead of time. And in this social experiment where we expect you to perform and be on your best behavior at all times, uh, you also have to get along. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a, like everything on that list is a tall order for, for anybody. But for a young person, uh, from a creative standpoint, I think it's a lot to ask. 
But yeah. That said, nine years later, that's a pretty good run. Yeah. And I love that the other three have decided to go on. They've put out a statement saying that, you know, they support Jesse like a thousand percent, uh, but they don't want their journey to end. So they're going to continue as a trio. And like their success has been crazy. Six UK top 10 albums in this nine years of being alive so far as a band and four number one uh, UK singles. So they're really popular. Yeah, exactly. You know, like over mm-hmm. across the pond, and um, and I think they obviously have other places too where they're they're popular. We don't really play them, uh, as far as I know, with success over here in Canada, but they're known. Like I've actually recently, funny enough, I actually played one of their new songs on a music feature that I do, and and I thought they sounded sounded great. And I've known of them again because of being in pop radio. Um, but mm-hmm. it's funny, like you mentioned too about. Uh, them being four separate people, right? Um, you know, if you look at One Direction, it was five, and and they went through their struggles because one of their members left early too because he uh, mm-hmm. didn't feel comfortable being in in that um, you know environment. But you know, it's crazy too when you mentioned it is like they're not only expected to be like you know work well together; they're very much shoved in those early uh, days. They're touring them constantly. Yeah, it's work. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's, it takes a lot of work to put out a lot of fun, I think. And I, I think also, um, uh, there's probably some unspoken or maybe spoken, uh, expectation that, well, you know what, give us three years or give us these, this number of albums, and then we can discuss where you're going to go or what's mm-hmm. going to happen, or if you're going to leave the group. So that way they can establish themselves as an artist, as a contributor, as a songwriter, and then be strong enough to then use that as a springboard to something solo, which has happened in most of the cases for the members of uh, One Direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that uh, Destiny's Child qualifies the same way because they knew each other, or at least two of them did, yeah. before Kathy and Susan took <laughs> off. <laughs> That's a, for anybody who doesn't know who Kathy and Susan are. It's a throwback reference to uh, to our other podcast on 90s Now, where where <laughs> members come and go and, you know, like a Beyonce and a Kelly Rowland will rise to the top or a Michelle, uh, the others didn't uh, fare so well. So they get dubbed Kathy and Susan. Um, my point is, though, that that they, there has to be discussion that in, in the situation or a, um, where it's a pop group, an assembled pop group, it's, it, it suits the record company also to have interest in them as solo artists because they'll likely stay with the label. They'll make, um, continue to make money. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is a couple of months ago now, I want to say it was, uh, yeah, like maybe early fall. I, um, was able to listen to an interview with Lance, uh, Bass from NSYNC, mm-hmm. uh, or NSYNC, mm-hmm. I should say. And I never really knew the story as to why, uh, or like the official story as to why NSYNC broke up. Like we knew, obviously, Justin's career took off, and then that seemed to mm-hmm. be the uh, the situation. And that is actually the situation because Lance said that they really were just going to have Justin uh, try it out, like try his solo record, and let them kind of had a have a break at that point because I think they'd been going strong for like I don't know if it was four or five years at that point, and so mm-hmm. there really was going to be this pause. But then Justin's career just absolutely went bananas. And then they kind of, I think the label actually held on to them off and on for like 18 months or something saying like, okay, he's going to come back. Like, we'll get this happening. And then there was just no coming back. And so 
that was like a really challenging time for for Lance and I guess the rest of them because they kind of had been put on hold. And then all of a sudden it was just off the table. Now, I think, you know, I think technically they're probably still even signed to that label, you know, if they do decide to come back as sync. But it was just never going to happen after that, especially because of the success of Justin Timberlake. Because people wanted sexy back. Yeah, <laughs> they definitely <laughs> the story, did. <laughs> but you know what's interesting? It's like with NSYNC, Justin was clearly, you know, this breakout star, right? Whereas the rest of them... Try, like, I mean, they've all become successful in their own right. That is a thousand percent. Like, you know, Lance has a very successful entertainment career um, in Hollywood. He's totally, you know, carved out a path for himself um, doing entertainment reporting and he has a podcast and like, and then he does hosting, I think, for certain things. The same thing with Joey Fatone. Like, they've all managed to to have some sort of level of, of success doing different things, I think, in entertainment but not as solo artists. Like J.C. Chazé, mm -hmm. you know, he also uh, dropped a, a solo, I think. I'm pretty sure. I know he did a single. I'm not sure if there was an album. But none of them could rival or compete, I guess, with Justin Timberlake. But then if you actually go to Backstreet Boys, um, you know, Nick Carter came out with a solo thing. And he had success, but it never really went bananas and no one else from the group mm -hmm. also went so they were able to then i think make the decision it's smarter if we stay together which is clearly worked out for them because they're still yeah. going strong totally there's just enough of a gap between those two bands in particular that um that that's exactly what you said there's no bringing there's no reigning justin in does that mean that there was no qualified uh member of the backstreet boys that could have um, taken that same trajectory? I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, clearly not. <laughs> when, when it comes to uh, groups for you, like, like, let's say, you know, in the 90s or whatever to this day, like, what boy, you know, boy band or, or girl group stick out for you that you, you know, either wish we're still together or are happy they've come, come back together or we're happy that they were there for a time? Um, well, I, I think of all the bands that we've discussed uh, so far, I think NSYNC was a big one. Um, I'm just like, like we just said, I think from my musical taste, uh, I fully respect the idea that uh, Backstreet Boys made the decision that they made because, I mean, meaning to stay together and, and tour that way because they were doing it in a pure uh, address of their fans, which I think ultimately I can, I, I appreciate the most because those bands are assembled to, get fans and to create a frenzy and to have that, you know, moment in the sun kind of thing, but it fully gives, um, pays homage to the fans when they stick to it and tour, knowing that that's what they're doing. They're playing the hits. Sure. They can, you know, write a new song or two or a new album, but they know that they're there for the hits. They know that that's ultimately what the bulk of the fans want and they deliver. So I, I think I think a band like the Backstreet Boys did it exactly right. I don't have any thoughts necessarily on bands that oh I wish you know because InSync the way it happened is the way it was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Could could the songs that were hits for Justin been done by InSync? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, um, certainly there's there's stuff that's a little more um, me centric when it came to Justin Timberlake, so maybe they. It could have softened that angle a bit, but but I don't know. Like I, I, it's not like I miss them. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, what am I missing? I can listen to their hits. I can, you know, if they ever did a special where they got back together and did a medley of songs, I'd be very happy with that. Right. But but I think we'll get that. <laughs> I think we've already gotten that too. So. 
Two points before we go. Um, one, I just want to say, I guess in my uh, estimation or my my thought process, my wish, I, I obviously wish Lisa Left Eye Lopez was still alive because I feel like um, TLC wasn't done, you know? I but agree I, with you there. Yeah. Um, and then, but I wanted to end off on, uh, if I can bring it back to the beginning, with Jesse Nelson deciding to leave uh, Little Mix. Again, it sounds like it's really for mental health reasons and taking care of her health. And, you know, Zane, uh, you know, Ma- uh, Le- Malik, I believe is his last name, left One Direction. Also, mm-hmm. I think it was for his benefit. What's your thoughts? Like, I, I'm, I'm very proud of her. Not that I know her and I have no right to be proud of her, but I, I'm, I'm proud of her that she knew it was time to maybe go uh, to take care of herself. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for Zane, because clearly he was not happy either years ago being in one direction well yeah and i like i said i really do think that there is a uh, a plan in place and they would never keep anybody at, at this stage of our, our society's game they would never keep anybody against their will right i think that that might have happened in the 70s maybe even the 80s where they were like nope that's your contract you're stuck with it that kind of thing i think would have uh the artists wouldn't have known they had rights. And I think that more people know what they're entitled to and, and, you know, good and bad. Um, but I think that anybody that, that puts their mental health uh, in line with their physical health, their emotional health, that kind of thing, it's all on par. It's all, it, you know, each feeds off the other. So we have to make sure that all levels of health are, are working at the, uh, at, at par levels. So, yeah, you have to you have to give credit where credit is due, and she was right to do that. Anybody that puts themselves first in that scenario, that's a, a healthy choice, and you can respect that. Because there's other artists that put themselves first for, you know, ego reasons, and this clearly isn't that. Sharon, I appreciate your time as always. Shelly, thanks for having me. <laughs> that is our music uh, editor, Sharon Highland. And you can, of course, listen to Sharon and I as we co-host our other podcast, 90s Now. And all the information about that particular show is on our website, 90snow.com. The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you so much for spending time with us on the program this week. And a big shout out to our guests, Aaron Stevenson and Sharon Hyland. And my thanks, of course, to our super producer, Adam Brisson. Don't forget that you can listen to our podcast on many different platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. We'd also love for you to grab all of our social media handles, and you can do that by jumping onto our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have a great week. You and I will chat soon.